making money and you, you know, delivering purpose, because that's what this is all about. It really is about what are the financial measures in conjunction with the non-financial measures that lead to your long term uh, financial success. And you can get that in your head that that is what it's about because you need money to continue the purpose stuff that you're doing. You need the money, right? You need right. the money to, to actualize it. So like not only what is going to happen from a brand standpoint, but how do you invest in some things in the marketplace to make that even more of a reality? Maybe when it's even out of your direct line of, of product. Hey, what's up, everyone? As always, I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Organized Chaos. We're taking a page from a different leader's playbook so you can put it into yours as you build your own, and you just heard from Diane Primo. This episode is all about why a purpose-driven business matters. What is a purpose-driven business even, and how do you dig in to make your company more purpose-driven internally and externally? So if you're thinking about purpose and mission and vision, this is a great episode to really unpack what those terms are all about. Diane Primo is the CEO of the Purpose Brand Agency, which is an award-winning Chicago-based public relations, branding, and digital marketing firm. Diane's focus on impact marketing stems from the belief that brands must be relevant. They must be purpose-driven and must be committed to consumers if they want to be successful today. She's got a new book out and the book is called Adapt, Scaling Purpose in a Divisive World, which provides a framework that A-D-A-P-T to understand corporate purpose and a way to build a more resilient, adaptable business with insights from some huge Fortune 500 brands, which she gets into in this podcast. So like I said, if you're thinking about purpose and you want to learn how to put it to work in your business to make a longer term, more sustainable business that inspires and motivates your people and your customers, this is a great conversation. I hope you enjoy Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Organized Chaos. I'm your host, Chris Ronzio. And today we're talking with Diane Primo. Diane, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm excited to dig into this. So as I was doing my homework, getting ready for this, I saw that you're a fan of Alex, Allison Felix. Is that true? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, you saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw you put a post out about her and she, yeah. ironically, she spoke at our event two days ago. So I was just talking to her and interviewing oh, wow. her and she's super That's cool. amazing. Super cool, actually. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah. And she seems very purpose-driven in what she's doing. So maybe mm-hmm. that thread will come back in to what we're talking oh, yeah. about today. But we're going to talk a lot about a purpose-driven business. And so one thing we talk about before we get into that. Uh, we spend a lot of time on the podcast talking about balancing your personal life and your passions and your interests with your business commitments to maintain some sense of balance. And in your background, I saw that you have been uh, worked at so many different uh, service oriented companies, public service boards that you're on. You've got this incredible agency for the last 15 years. How do you balance it all? How do you have time for all of that? Oh, my gosh. You know something when you work on what you love, you don't think about it from a time perspective. I I know that sounds bizarre, but it doesn't feel like work, right? So everything I do, I try to um, ensure that that balance is around things that I love. You know, even when I, you know, worked years ago in in corporate, 
And I didn't feel that they were feeding my soul because that wasn't the thing that they did at that point, right? I would always go find something else that, you know, fed my soul, right? And um, those things were, that's how I got, that's how I formed an interest in homelessness very early on. Um, that is something that goes back in terms of myself, my family, 30 years now, because at the time I was, I was looking for more in the work environment than I was getting. And I had to find something that did that. Right. Um, uh, so I, I think it's, you know, finding things that you love and then it doesn't feel like it's, you know, about time management. It feels like, Hey, I'm working on things that I love and you find you make time for it because you, you, you find yourself not sleeping because you're, you're doing stuff. Right. <laughs> so no sleep. Is that, is that the recommendation? for? <laughs> it's like every, everybody goes through different stages in their life. I had three, you know, three children. So I learned yeah. how to balance that and how I balanced that was um, I did things with them, you know, after work prime time, but then I had always opened up my computer, you know, afterwards. Um, and you just figure out how to do it. I mean, you just kind of navigate, but yes, I probably didn't have as much sleep as I should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true though. When you are deep into something that you're passionate about, that you're excited about, it's fun. Right. Like oh, you, you feel like you're making fun. progress oh, and then absolutely. it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't yeah. feel like, oh, a funny story is that um, I have a book out now called Adapt, Scaling Purpose in a Divisive World. And uh, I remember when I when it came out, right, um, it literally just came out the last month because they had a problem getting paper. I photographed it and sent it to my husband. He said, how did you find time to do that? <laughs> I said, why well, would it have been up like during COVID, right? I had been up to like three o'clock. I said, remember, I was like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I said, that's what I was doing. <laughs> that's funny. Well, so we'll circle back to the book because I yeah. definitely want to talk a lot about that. But first, where did this whole idea of a purpose-driven business and branding become a real focus for you? Um, I think early on, right, because I've always thought about, um, you know, how do we take, you know, what value is, does, 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 product have for, uh, you know, consumers at large. And I, I particularly struggled with that um, when I was at a packaged goods company, like, oh, oatmeal, oh, you know, uh, Captain Crunch, oh, you know, like, okay, Gatorade has a little bit more value, right? But where's the value? Like, what value does this stuff really have? And I found that to be a sort of a mental struggle. Now, since then, you know, those brands have really leaned heavily into purpose. A great, a great example of that is Unilever. You can almost look at any of their brands like uh, Dove. Um, you look at Dove and Dove is about, um, you know, making everyone feel beautiful, right? Um, and you look at other brands and they're, they're now, I passed a Victoria's Secrets window and it was a Halloween window and I've never seen so many big bottoms in my life, right? And my, I actually took a photo of it and I said to my girlfriend, look! And she was like, yay, you know, it's, it's more the authentic <laughs> representation. We make people feel beautiful, right? And they're not afraid to be who they are and they're proud of it. And um, I think that there's something to be said for that. And businesses lean and find that connection it becomes very emotional with consumers and they'll benefit from it. You know, you, you mentioned Victoria's Secret. I, I don't know if you're on TikTok at all or if you've seen this song, but there's some song that's like, I know Victoria's Secret. It was started by a guy in Ohio or something like that. <laughs> and and it, it, I thought yeah. the song was so funny. Yeah, so totally. can, can you tell us the origin story then for your agency, which is an award-winning agency? Is it, it's 15 years, right, that it's been around? Yep, yep, yep. 
um, you know, we started off as a two person shop, right. Um, uh, you know, and that was really, uh, important to us. Um, and we worked for probably one large multinational. And when that multinational went away, that's when we started the firm. So the firm is officially started the firm. So the firm really, um, I think of like a, the official birth of the firm, um, is probably 2016. Uh, we have 25 uh, FTs and we, we've been growing at a compound rate of um, 500%. We have like 30 um, awards in the last three years. Um, we're very good at what we do. But for me, it was about having a company that aligned my own personal values. And that's it, right? I, I really encourage people to find, you know, what their own North Star is and to think about how they take that North Star and transfer it to something that they are super good at. And so what we tell clients about purpose is, you know, find your superpower and connect it to how you can improve the world in some way. For us, our superpower is marketing. Okay. And so what we want to do is we want to help our clients put their purpose into practice. So what is your superpower? Let's make sure we kind of connect that in a way so others can see, you know, the good that you do to make you more relevant, right? You know, relevancy is a funny thing. If you're in tech and let's say I'm Apple, you know, I've got my Apple phone here. I'm on this thing 24 by 7, you know, and you're going to hear the alerts. Ping, 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 as everything's integrated into their ecosystem, right? So relevancy is 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 easier when you're on something by the, the second, right? The microsecond. It becomes a little tougher when you're not. And so you've got a lot of brands out there that are, are playing out the purpose story. But we found is, is that they actually are not very good at telling their own story because only 12% of them are remembered for, um, you know, what they do on purpose, which means that they don't have the storytelling right. They don't have the narrative right, right? It's really important to get that right. Uh, and it's important to get that right because there's cohesion around it and there's clarification and there's brand identity and there's communications. As long as you're authentic, I want to make that really clear. It has to be real. And if you're real on those things, it's to your advantage to communicate them to both internally your employees because they need to understand that this is something you really believe in. Okay. And it's not just words. You need to translate that into action for your employees, but you also need to do it for the external market, right? And so when you asked me what the origin of this was for us, it was about aligning my own personal values with my company's values and then helping others. And so my way to help others is to take what our superpower is, which is branding, public relations, digital content marketing, right? And help them communicate their stories and build their reputations, et cetera, around stuff that matters. Right. And so that is the, the, the connect. I hope that's clear. Yeah. Do you, do you find that when you intersect with a business that hasn't thought about this much, are they purposeless or do they have a purpose and they just need to communicate it better? Usually it's the latter, you know, yeah. usually it's about helping them um, you know, we work for like the number one aviation service company in the U.S., right? And we designed their whole brand strategy platform. Um, that would be purpose, mission, uh, values, voice and tone, um, brand promise, content pillars, themes, topics, right? And then what's the brand architecture around that? And then even, 
you take that and you say, what's the expression of that, right? Um, and then how do you translate that into active programs that you're going to do internally and externally? But the key is you have to start internal because none of it can happen without internal people buying into it and operating uh, with that. That really was the key, right? The key was, okay, now we have this, we understand what it is, right? But our people really have to get it because that's, that's their job. I want to say day to day, second to second. Okay. That's what needs to be in their head around what they're doing and how they do it, do it. So they had built a culture around that. And, um, that is becomes the most important thing. So what, what are the things that will be in place when they're not dictated? You know, what are those unspoken rules when people aren't watching, right? Because cultures have a tendency to do what they do without you. So you really have to embed things, you know, thick, um, yeah, within that. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So, so when you were first kicking this off, I mean, going from that team of two to really pivoting into an agency in 2016, what I love about agencies is that you can be really intentional and decide on who you want to service and how you want to help people. And so did you have a specific type of customer that you were going after? What was like your initial go to market? Just anyone? Yeah, what's really interesting is we started with um, our why. You know, what's our why? What's our mission? What are going to be our values, et cetera? What should be our voice and tone? Just like we started for the other, that's what we started with. And we spent a lot of time on that, right? And then once we had that, we started to build around that, you know, talk to employees as they, they started with us to make sure they got what culture we wanted to create. And I got to tell you, culture is something that's always evolving. It's never done, right? You can't just like say, oh, this is what we're going to do and then let up on it, right? You need to have others hold you accountable. And so part of what we do is we interface with people like we want to be held accountable. Like, are we doing this? Like, if it's no, like, oh, shit, we better be doing this, right? And so that's the kind of stuff that it is. It, it, it is very um, unending, Okay, it is not something that is a one and done. It's something that you need to work at continually, sort of like a marriage or a relationship, right? You got to continually work at that thing, right? Or somebody's going to be walking out the door. And so the same, um, uh, the same here. So what we first started to do is we started to think about our own why, who do we want to do, want it, want to be, and then how you know how limiting was that, right? And we didn't think it was because we thought every company in America should have a purpose. So, and it's a matter of communicating that and making sure that their superpower is a communicated. And it's, it's not just for social entrepreneurs or for not-for-profits, right? It's not. Blackstone, which is the one of the largest um, asset management companies in the U.S., has trillions of dollars of assets in the management. Their purpose is to improve the, the financial well-being of, um, of others, right? Um you know, Microsoft's is this sort of, um, you know, you know, wonderful uh, purpose about, you know, for everyone, every man improving the world's productivity. Right. You've got people like Pat Patagonia who want to save the planet. Right. Look at their 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 founder. Someone said, well, wait a minute. Isn't that contradictory? The money he just saved and made off that. I said, no, it's not. What it, what it is, is because there's no contradiction between you making money and you, you know, delivering purpose, because that's what this is all about. It really is about what are the financial measures in conjunction with the non-financial measures that lead to your long-term uh, financial success. And you can get that in your head, that that is what it's about, because you need money to continue 
the purpose stuff that you're doing. You need the money, right? You need right. the money to, to actualize it. So like not only what is going to happen from a brand standpoint, but how do you invest in some things in the marketplace to make that even more of a reality? Maybe when it's even out of your direct line of, of product, right? Hmm. Makes sense? Yes. Yeah, some people use these terms kind of interchangeably, and I'm curious your take on this, but you say purpose and then there's vision, there's mission. How would you define each of those things? Yeah. So um, vision is usually very, you know, aspirational, like, oh, it's sort of like, you know, very aspirational, um, you know, sort of out there. Right. Um, purpose is really about what's my why. And it's probably one of the most operational measures you have. Right. Because if you're doing purpose, you're answering that question of why do I exist? But you're also begin, you're forced to answer the question about and how do I bring that to life? Right. And so, um, you know, so you kind of look at it and say, oh, one's ambition. The other one is my why. Mission is sort of to me about the, um, you know, the specific of the what's. What am I kind of doing here? Right. Um, values speak to um, the values that I'm going to create, the values that I'm going to hold, the, the unspoken things that I'm going to do to make all this stuff happen. Right. And so if you kind of move to the voice and tone area, that is going to, that's about what's my voice in the marketplace? What kind of power do I want it to have? What kind of agency do I want it to have? And how do I make that explicit as I, as I, I, I communicate and I brand? Right. Then you kind of move to, we talked about content pillars. Content pillars are really about, you know, what are my anchors in the marketplace from, 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 and if I kind of look at all this, right. And I kind of look at competitive environments. I look at my purpose. I look at everything that's going on, you know, from a, from a Marcom standpoint, how do I like take this and, um, you know, break it up so I can approach it in the marketplace cohesively around the things that I went on. What are the themes within that? What are the topics I want to talk about? So it really does work as this kind of wonderful um, ecosystem with purpose really being at the core because it's all about the how. And so what, what are we talking about? We're talking about the, about the, you know, like the purpose of the why and how do I operationalize it? The why is what we just talked about, but the how is like, okay, I'm going to need a very clear um, idea of what kind of impacts do I want to create? I'm going to need a very clear idea about um, how am I going to make a difference? I'm, I need a very clear idea around what is the strategy here? Like, and how does it affect, you know, all of my functional areas, right? And then at the end of the day, I really want to say, hmm, I kind of need a cheat sheet for measurement. What's that going to be? Now, we would, we would say that your cheat sheet is, your financial documentation that you're already doing, but it's, but it's probably your ESG report because everything can be incorporated, which is environmental, social governance into that report, right? It, you know, what are you going to do environmentally? What's going to happen socially, right? And so that has to do with labor. That has to do with diversity. It has to do with a lot of different measures. And the governance piece has to do with, okay, that's really how I'm holding myself accountable. How am I going to govern this to make sure it's going to happen? Right. And what are my policies? What policies am I going to stand up 
to make sure this is going to happen? What am I going to be my checks and balances? That's all about the governance. Yeah. So, so is that what it looks like then for a business to actually lead with purpose is that they have those clear ideas written down. They've got tactics, they've got governance, they've got the reports. Is that what it looks like to lead with purpose or how do you measure when someone's doing this well? I, I, I look at it and say it's it's about transcendence, right? It's that it's about the actual results, and that's what we move to. Like, what do you what are you doing, right? It's not just words on a piece of paper. So one part is the strategic piece of that. The other part is the executional plan around that, right? Every strategy has a plan, right? And what you want to do is you want to optimize that plan, even over the strategy. You always want to stay aligned and stay true to that purpose. That actual plan around how you do it is really, really important, right? And we kind of go through that in, in um, uh, adapt a bit, Chris, we kind of walk them through, hey, what's the model? How do you want to think about it? Right? And what and how do you really want to operationalize that? You know, in the book, we get to the last part of it, which we call transcendence, because if you do the operational model right, because it's a loop, it's a loop model, it's a it loop loops, no one part do you do and stop. But if you are starting with it, you might look at it and say, okay, this looks linear. It's not because you're never done. It's looped, loop, 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 right? On the transcendent side, it's when it, it, it is institutionalized within your organization, which becomes part of your culture. Okay. The second part of it that is, is that you acting, um, uh, continually around that, you know, that kind of new vector. And the third part of that is, has to do with you, um, staying true to it, right? It really doesn't matter. I hate to say it, what that purpose is. What matters more is what you stand for and you staying on point. Great example of this. And you can be a successful business. I love to talk about, you know, look at Ben and Jerry's on one hand. Or Patagonia, and then look at Chick Fil A, right on the other, right? It's like, oh, they have a very successful business, and they stay on point to their purpose, okay? And they're extremely white right wing organization. Like, I my book from this, oh, she's left wing. I wasn't left wing. I'm just telling you what the results say, okay? They're like, oh, you're left wing. I said, no, no, we're just telling you what the results. This is what people are interested in. We did the cuts. Look at the political cuts. It's all there, right? You just need to know how to read. And because we are telling you what this looks like, right? We got, we got a little few, you might ringers say, Oh no, you're just leftist point of view. It's like, no, it has nothing to do with leftist point of view. Is this is yeah. the real world research from uh, consumers? You can challenge us on it, but we'll tell you this is statistically um, reliable, 95% confidence rate. So yours too. That's how we did the research. Yours to challenge and argue, but here we go. <laughs> See? <laughs> Can, can I get a little vulnerable with you? Is that okay? Sure. I, so we have at Trainual, my company, we have a strategic planning meeting, a quarterly planning meeting in two weeks. And one of the things that we're going through is kind of revising, reviewing, uh, you know, putting our own mission and purpose and vision kind of up for, up for debate. And one of the things that we've talked about is, you know, do, do we have a, a, a purpose really that's that's st strong enough in how we communicate it. And so maybe I could just sh share a little bit about how we talk about it now and you could tell yeah. me what's broken. I think that'd be yeah, a practical sure. example yeah, practical. for people. Okay, so we have we we have this this vision where we say actually it was kind of borrowed from an old Microsoft thing when they said, you know, a, a computer on every desk. 
we thought, well, a, a playbook in every business, you know, like if every business had instructions and, and it was well organized, that'd be an aspirational thing. So that was a vision. And then in the mission, we've got, you know, a target of a what, of what we're, we're aiming for. And so the purpose is more like we've said, you know, helping uh, small businesses uh, be better organized, organize their chaos, like the podcast. We've said, uh, help you design the perfect business, whatever that means for you, your own policies, processes, culture. Um, are those strong kind of purpose statements or what would you challenge me to really push on? Well, the, the first thing that you should ask yourself is what do we do best? And, and it should be better than anybody else. You know, what do you do best, better than anything? That's the first question you should ask. And you guys all need to be aligned about that. And usually one thing bubbles to the top. Don't just ask yourself, ask your clients. Hmm. Okay. Oftentimes okay. you'll get great insight by asking them. So your primary question is, what do you do best, better than anything else? That's likely your superpower. Okay. Okay. And you got to get really, really, really crystal clear on that. Okay. Okay. Once you understand that, you then have to say, well, how do I use the superpower to improve something in the world, right? My, with my clients, et cetera. Like, you know, um, I love ENY because ENY is, is to build a better working world. That is their purpose. Okay. And you see that they're a consulting firm, right? You see that in everything they do, right? You see it in their advertising. You see it in their, um, on their website, um, you see it in the consulting type of consulting work they pick. You see it in the in terms of the foundations and et cetera that they invest in. Okay, but your you've got to figure out what is your your superpower or what did you best, and then how are you going to make the world a better place? Now, here are the other things you should ask yourself. Probably it should be no more than. I would say six words, seven words maximum. Some people are longer, it's 10 or 11, but no more than that, okay? Um, you want to ask yourself, is this compelling? Is this, will this inspire my employees? That's a fundamental question because they got to operationalize it. If, if what you have in a paper means nothing to them and they can't, they can't get motivated behind it, you know, you need to rip up that sheet of paper because they're at the end of the day, it's not you <laughs> that has to do things. It's going to be, have to be all of your employees. Okay. So that's what I would say to you, um, you know, bottom line. So is it inspirational? Is it motivational? And then the last question you have to ask yourself in my mind, is it commercial? Can I make money off of this? Okay. Because if you can't make money off of it, it's unlikely you're going to be able to, to actually fulfill that purpose because you, you, unless you have unlimited dollars and some people do. And for some people, that's just fine because they're bankrolling it. Okay. Most businesses do not have the ability to um, bankroll it. Right. And so for me, that's how you're going to organize the chaos of that thinking to bring it down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now the, yeah. the mission should be, you know, what are you doing? Like what markets are you targeting? You know, what services are you offering? And maybe even where you play there. Right. Brand promises like, like what promise are you going to make to your clients? Right. But all this has to integrate and interrelate. You probably can get there through a few workshops, but I'm going to tell you, start asking the question. The very first question is, you know, what value do you add? You want to ask, ask that to your employees. What value do they think you add? OK, not value what you add, but what value do they think you add? 
right? But more importantly, tell me what you really think we do best, better than anything else, else, right? You're going to get a lot of, and then force them to pick one thing. They don't get three, okay? They'll say, oh, we do this. Say, no, no, you don't get three, right? No, no, you get one, okay? And so that's what I would tell you. Um, I love it. So practical. I mean, so I'm going to, I'm going to run through this really quick, just as a summary for everyone. But first, starting with what do we do best? Ask your employees, ask your customers, really what you're trying to get is what is your superpower? Stakeholders, ask everybody, what do I, what do you think I do best? Go and talk to them. Okay. And then, and then you take that superpower and you say, how do we use this to improve the real world? And you craft a statement that's no more than seven words. Is this compelling? Will this inspire my employees? Is this motivational? Can I make money on this? And just pick one, pick one. So I think that's super practical. Thank you. You might generate like three concepts from that. And then you might Mm -hmm. want to bring those three three concepts to life to make sure it's where you want to live, right? And so that kind of iterative phrase is like, okay, if I've got this one, where might it go? What does it look like from a value standpoint? I've got this other one. Where might it go? What does it look like from a value standpoint? Because in the end, you've got to adopt all the values. So I actually like to think about, let's look at it from a value standpoint. Where can this go? Does my brand promise change under each of these or does it stay, hmm. right? You will get more and more comfortable with where you are by doing that, right? Emissions right in there, right? And you'll start to see disconnects really quickly. And you'll also start to see things that you need to clean up, right? People, people don't think about, and I think they need to, is... Um, We talked about brand expression a little bit, right? Brand expression is visually, what does this look like? But there's also employee expression. There's sales expression when you go out. You've got a big company, you've got a large sales force. How are they expressing that, right? All of those things are really, really important because in the end, this is an operational model and you've got to really think about it's an operational model. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, so how do you keep your purpose from seeming overarching or generic or, you know, too vague, like we're going to save the world, that sort of thing? Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm going to, saving my home planet is um, Patagonia's. There's nothing wrong with that. But the way they operationalize it is amazing, right? So there's nothing wrong with that because it's all about how you operationalize that. So let me give you some examples of what they did, which I think is is, um, wonderful. Uh, One Black Friday, they uh, ran an ad that said, don't buy this jacket, Patagonia jacket. Okay. Why? Because it's about sustainability and mass consumption is really bad for the environment. Okay. Now that was very true to their purpose. Right. And by the way, it also went viral. (laughs) Really (laughs) from a communication standpoint too. Like who does this? Right. Like don't buy my stuff. Don't buy my stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not that part. That's a good thing. It went viral, meaning that um, people felt that they really, really embraced their purpose, that they would run an ad like that, right? Hmm. The other thing they do- Did which they is buy like, the stuff as a result though? Oh yeah, of course. They kept more sales, I'm sure. Because <laughs> it's about long-term value. It said yeah. to the people who care about them, these people really do stand behind what they believe. Therefore, it, it is probably better for me to buy a product from them than it is from anybody else because they do care about the environment and I do too. You got to think about that, right? 
The, the other thing they did, which was really, you know, like incredible, they, they said, hey, I'm going to, for every, every product you buy, I'm going to give a percent of my sales back to a group that's actually helping the, the environment. I can't remember which group it was, but they did that. Gave a percentage of sales right back to a group who's really focused on that improvement in some way. Now, let's talk about culturally the things that they did, right? Uh, they're activists at their heart around environment, right? They sued Trump's administration for environmental stuff. They sued them, okay? Suing you, right? The other thing they did, and it wasn't a public relations stunt, they were serious, right? The other thing they, they do in their culture, et cetera, they say any employee who feels that they want to be heard from a voice standpoint and you wind up in a protest and you get in jail, call me, I will pay your bail out, okay? This is about a company who really gets purpose and understands, and they have a doctor of philosophy, the doctor of philosophy says that it is impossible for you to differentiate your business unless you understand purpose. That's what we call it, purpose positioning. We think the world's moving from brand positioning to purpose positioning, right? There's a great book out called Net Positive that was written by um, Paul Pullman, Pullman, who I love to say is a friend, right? And um, he was chairman of, of Unilever. And um, it's called Net Positive. And, um, you know, doing all of this is all net positive, right? And for a packaged goods company, he goes through, here's the positioning model. Here it is at the core. There's emotional benefits. He shows all the pieces because that is absolutely true. It's like what I said to you as an overall corporation, but from a brand standpoint, very true. So they have something called a mega brand, which is the Unilever brand, which actually began to have real meaning, help recruit people, all, real meaning. And then they have their house brand like 50, 60 of them or how many of them they have. And each of those had to be tied to their uh, positioning, right? So you just want to think about that and what the mix is, et cetera. Yeah, you can tell when a company really stands behind their their purpose, when their actions stand behind the purpose, you know, like when the things that they do in the real world, like paying for someone's bail or like suing or like doing these. And, and actually, when we started this call, we were talking about Allison Felix over at Sage and, you know, their, their purpose to like eliminate the the gender in, injustices and protect maternity. And, you know, they, they have a policy where they'll take back your shoes if your feet change size during your pregnancy. And that's an example of like an incredible action that stands behind their purpose. That is so correct. Okay. And the other thing you can do is if you go to purposebrand.com and you go look at our blog site, um, there is a uh, blog that has examples of Fortune 500 companies. We took all the Fortune 500 companies out there and we actually put in one place all of their purpose statements for people who want to see a little bit, like learn a little bit about this. They can see what other companies out there are doing. Very cool. That's an awesome resource. We'll definitely share that in the show notes. I know we've only got a handful of minutes with you left, so I would love you to touch on your newest book, uh, The Adapt uh, uh, the ADAPT framework is in that book. So the book is called ADAPT, Scaling Purpose in a Divisive World. And this framework is kind of like a, an acronym, right? Can you walk us through it? Yes, absolutely. Um, it is an acronym, but it's not a hokey one. It's a, it's a legitimate one. Actually, it's funny when we got book reviews, people said, you know, most acronyms are hokey, but this is real, right? Um, the A is for the assessment phase of ADAPT. A is for assessment. As a business, when you do purpose, you've got to, uh, you, you have to go through an assessment. It's really about 
your own self-reflection, how you are perceived um, uh, by the world around you, both internal stakeholders and external stakeholders. That's really, really important. What we just talked about, ask them what you do best. And there are going to be a lot of other questions, right? Because you're going to find tons of insight from them. The other thing you're going to find is that stage doesn't end because culture is constantly changing. Things that people value are constantly changing because ultimately purpose is about what people care deeply about and establishing an emotional bond about that, around that, right? That's the A. The definition stage is really important. It, it deals with some of the things we, that you just talked to me about, Chris. And, and, you know, for one, it is really about, um, you know, kind of um, standing up something that goes, on, be, goes beyond the purpose statement. Many people will say to you, oh, I have my purpose statement. Now I'm done. Uh, you are not done. You were at the very beginning. <laughs> See, <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a lovely executive and I said, my God, this is a fabulous purpose statement, right? He said, eh, I don't really use it. I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. right? So there is an example of someone who had a great, like, connect, but really chose not to operationalize it. You know, and I, I thought he lost a lot of value as a result of that, by the way. Hmm. That's that's kind of a two. So that um, definition phase is really important. And part of that definition phase, we stand up and we give you a framework for where the pieces you need to put in from an operational model standpoint. Okay. And that's really important. So you move on. That's the A. That's the D, the definition stage. The um, A for ADA and ADAPT is amplification. And that's really about where you need to amplify that message, who you need to amplify it with, and how, right? So stakeholder alignment is really, really important. You need to make sure that your purpose is aligned with your stakeholders. They get it. They buy into it. You know, all those things that we talked about are really important. You got investors. Investors are a stakeholder. They got to they gotta get that what you're doing is like, okay, we get this. This makes sense, right? Um it's also about the storytelling around it. This is where the power of communication comes in. It's about the narrative. What's your manifesto around it? You know, how are you, how are you communicating it out into the marketplace? And it's not one place. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Not one place, one and done. Because why? When we look at consumers, we say, how do you tell if a, if a, if a company is purpose driven? Almost the last thing on the list is that statement. They're looking at your website. They're looking at your, you know, your action. They're looking at a whole bunch of things, but they are not just looking at that statement, right? So it's very important that you, you amplify that message and it gets out there in a cohesive way, unified and with the actions as well. That's really, really important. That narrative that, you know, the, the, the manifesto that comes before the narrative, the storytelling around it. And that gets into content marketing. That's why we think it's so very important here. Right. That is that is your blocking, tackling marketing. Right. And and that can be performance based as well. And that's important for you to understand. Right. So it's A.D.A. The P is for performance. Never forget that. OK, you're in the business to perform. This is about creating long term financial value. It's not a short term world. OK, long term financial value. And those things that are measured in that non-financial world, environmental, social, governance, are the things that will reduce your financial risk and, um, and your uh, business disruption. Never forget that. That's why your financial measures go hand in hand with your non-financial measures, which we think are 
could should be ESG, and they're together. Now, ADAP, those work as an ecosystem around and around and around and around because you keep assessing, you keep improving the operationalization for when in the definitions phase, that statement stays, but you keep, you know, upping your game on how to and make it, um, you know, um, to, to upping your game in making it real. Okay. Upping your game in making it tactical, upping your game and making it a strategic plan. And each year you get better and each year you accomplish more. That's really important. So you don't, that doesn't end. The amplification is about you, you can never communicate once to, to stakeholders. Doesn't work that way. They don't remember. Okay. So you have to keep that storytelling going over and over and over and over again. Right. And the P for performance, you got to perform. You know, you, you have to over every and over. Keep performing. Get, you got to <laughs> perform. It's about winning, putting scores on the board. And that's why that's a circular. You keep doing those things over and over and over again, right? Then you get to the last part of the book, which is T for transcendence. And that's about like, how do you kind of move it to the next level? As this loops going on, right? So in the transcendence stage, it really has become part of your culture. It really has become, you know, the way you act. It really has become the North Star that guides you from a, a, a planning standpoint and helps you make the decisions you need to make. Thank you for pulling the all-nighters or staying up late, working on this book through COVID or whatever it took you, because I think it's very valuable for everyone that's listening. I'm going to get a copy because it's very timely for me and what we're working on. Um, I, I, so A-D-A-P-T, ADAPT, have a purpose-driven business. There's been so much gold in this interview. Thank you, Diane, for everything. Uh, where can people find you if they want to connect more? Oh. Um, purposebrand.com and uh, it's probably info at purposebrand.com if you want to get a hold of me, right? Um, so please, you know, feel free. You can also reach out for me on Twitter or you can reach out for me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I think that would be um, fabulous. But, you know, go to Amazon for my network. And I'll leave this up for a short time, period of time. You can do a digital download of $2.99, right? The book itself is... is um, is $45, but $2.99 is the digital download for my network. I'm keeping it up there for a while because I want people to use it. This is this is our gift to them because we've worked very deeply with like 15 of the biggest companies in the world who are doing this. And a lot of their insights are in that book for you. It gives you examples, tangible examples. Here's what we're doing, right? Tangible examples. It's really um, uh, you know fabulous in that sense. So you get to learn from people, the big, big guys. Well, head over to Amazon, grab a copy of Diane's book, $2.99 for the digital copy, short term. Uh, and then also go to purposebrand.com. Check out the resources that she mentioned for the Fortune 500 companies that they analyzed and the ones that they've worked with. Um, tons of content here. So much to learn. Thank you, Diane, for everything. Thank you, Chris. Hey, thanks for listening to Organized Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share it with anyone in your network that you think could benefit from this information. For episode show notes, podcast recaps, and tons of other small business news and inspiration, check out the manual. That's trainual.com backslash manual.